Hit it! Hit it! Hit it! Thanks for joining us in today's episode of Pod Jerky. Today we're going to be talking about Whitey Don, a white boy doing reggae in the mid-80s, way before snow came along. Whitey Don grew up in Toronto's Kensington Market area, and his love for music had him running record stores in Little Jamaica at an early age, and this interest in reggae earned him respect from the local West Indian population and visiting Jamaican reggae artists as well, who lived in Toronto at the time. Whitey Don would hold reggae nights at various Toronto nightclubs from the young age of 16 and was constantly selling out places like The Bamboo and other clubs in the College Street area. Max's love of music and his enthusiasm would eventually land him a spot on CIUT, a local Toronto radio station. Whitey Don was a mainstay in the downtown club scene. He was a guest DJ for several cannabis cups and quickly became a Toronto reggae phenomenon with his vocal stylings, knowledge, and acumen of the Jamaican vernacular. Whitey Don eventually made his debut as the frontman of Canada's premier reggae band, Culture Shock, and that was in the 90s. Their song Rude Boys was earning top play on the radio stations and was on heavy video rotation at Much Music. After several trips to Jamaica, he eventually became signed to the famous Steely and Cleavy Records, releasing several well-known tracks, one of which was Murderer, and he was also featured in Billboard magazine. Whitey Don's success and musical stylings early on in his career caught the attention of Jive Records in New York, and this led him to a dream deal, and he was placed within the record company as one of the top artists. That same year, Jive Records signed Britney Spears as well, together with the Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, a lot of big names. While at Jive Records, he collaborated with the godfather of hip-hop, KRS-One, and released such classic bangers as Scatter. Whitey Don also did a collaboration with legendary hip-hop icons Fife Dog and Chip Foo. They both joined him on the Artical track, which was heavily rotated in New York and beyond. Max has also written and performed tracks for and is featured on some major Hollywood motion picture soundtracks alongside such artists as Jay-Z, Eric Sermon, Ice Cube, MC Light, Keith Murray, Johnny Gill, Busta Rhymes, The Backstreet Boys, Lil' Kim, SWV, and that's just to name a few. He has also written for and performed with Snow, Big Sugar, and has been featured in videos with Mishimi, Len, Dream Warriors, etc. Whitey Don has also done some work for Actra, for example, doing Visa commercials and was the voice of Sunrise Restaurants. Moreover, Walt Disney hired Whitey Don to do a round of sound effects for them as well. Max's vocal stylings, his versatility and talent were in high demand then and now. For the last 10 years, Whitey Don has been focusing on family and is presently working with several producers on new tracks with an album coming out shortly. He was also featured on Thrust's new single called Skylarking. Here's a clip. Too 
much for much, yeah. too much to hold, too much to go. Whitey Tana trust around the show. The walk of this other mabakari, the plopari, one ton of bad blues above two and a half. We hold it down, we have the sound, so I feel sharp. We are blowing, just a blow, we are fishing. We sent Whitey Don a few questions to get this interview rolling since this was done in bits and pieces due to the fact that he's so busy with his schedule, his family, and we just couldn't do a regular sit-down interview. So the first question was, how did he get started in the music business? Yeah, man, coming up from the early days, you don't know, right? I'm going to select in the first and foremost, you know, play records. All is about the records, you understand? A whole bunch of records. Crazy, crazy amount of records, you understand? And that was from the 70s. When I get my first 45 from Ronnie Bop across the road from Stranger Call. And I drew a town with them called Kensington Market. When I was in Kensington School, we used to skulk school in and gone teeth mango in the recess. Down there, and Keith Williams, one of my old friends. Gone teeth these mangoes and these things. And then we go buy a cigarette for the rest of them. Leroy Brown was there. Willie Williams was there. Stranger Cole. Ronnie Bops. John Clarks was down there too. All the different people, you know, but Heptones, of course. One of Godfather, you know. So we come from far, you know. Come from the beginning when, of the heartbeat, you know, of Rastafari and West Indian culture in Toronto at those times, you understand? So coming up, we used to call hip hop what we call nowadays funk, man. It's when BLK was just coming up, kissing all them something that we had to take up these, we call them look, cable and them things from the back of the stereo and try and get that as the antenna and try and get that WBLK in the basement. It's real funny, man. Some weird shit back in the day, man, you know what I mean? Anyway, I'm Canadian and American, man, so it was always this go between the Toronto being West Indian culture, you know, because we come from fire, you know, we just come with here, you know. It's not like these are come up people, force right people. No, we, we come from far and build a foundation here, man. As I said, I used to run record stores, and I used to run record stores at Eglinton West, Micron with Pete Weston, and Bunny Lee tuned them, Jammies tunes, Superpower. We used to wholesale, retail, distribute, and Micron label. They had a studio in the basement. You understand? Eptones, a lot of big people up there, you know? Carl Dawkins. Those people are the big stars on those days was living here, you know. Junior Reed have family here. I tell you, it's a Sammy Dredd, Johnny Clark, Willie Williams. I tell you, Tristan Palmer. But if you even know about Beanie Man, Beanie Man know more about the politics of Toronto than anybody, you know. And Shabba used to rest on, you know, a Toronto make Capleton fireman, you know. Anyway, we got some knowledge, man, you know what I'm saying? And we was listening to hip-hop, we was funk, man. We were wearing all the baggy pants and all that. Shit. Man, it's a whole different thing back then, man. I'm 50 years old. I'm an old chick, dude. For real. Old foot them call me, though, a Jamaica. So, uh, that's it. 
when a culture do it, isn't it? Right? Anyway, that's how I got into this stuff, man. I started watching everybody from the Heptones and Studio One tunes and all the Joe Creed stuff in the early days, man. Coming up, man, just want to be different from everybody else, man. Everybody else going this way, man. You know what? No, I'm going this way. Nobody heard about this stuff at the time when we were doing it, man. You know, I said they heard about it, but they didn't really be checking for it. And I even made that test. See, let me tell these people who are looking at me saying, yo, you're the only person I know doing this. Some big people, man. These people that I'm talking about turn big afterwards. They're big people now. They say, why are you done? Max, you know, I remember in your basement when we was playing all that shit and you said that, you know, reggae's going to infiltrate every musical genre until this day it did. You know what I'm It still does. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> we keeping it live, man. We just trying to keep this live, bro. We're trying to keep reggae live. We want the rockers live, you see what I say? So we're trying forward that same way, you know, in the music and stuff, you know, on the same heartbeat, you know? You see, when I say Rasta from birth, you know, because Rasta I come up monks, you know? You know, I first respect, I'm not a religious man, you know, I'm a faithful man, you know? <clears throat> and I respect Rasta people good, you know? So, you see me, like those kind of uppity, uppity dancer guys, you know? We respect it still because we know the dance I mean, like clash thing and them thing. The man a big man, you know. I mean, I didn't do could clash, clash something. I both see, I both see what them, you know. When they're out there for wet up people, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. So it's like, man, we just coming up from the, from the gully, man. Putting this foundation. This is we in the foundation. That's my crew, foundation crew. You know what I'm saying? We bigging this from the foundation, dog, laying the strips. You see what I say? So I don't want a man come things say when they see me, see me earth come up and, and them kind of thing I force ripe, you know. Cause man original this, you know. I learn from the originals, man. I sit down there, I sit down with Coxon before he's dead. You know what I'm saying? Sit down with all these people, bro. And I get to learn because I'm a learner, you understand? Yeah. But it's like, yo man, it's just it's, that's where we're coming from, man. You know what I'm saying? And, I want to big up my brother Mark Baines too, cause he was the other reason I got really into this man. In grade grade seven and grade six, it got more deep. You know what I'm saying? And seven and eight and even it's like, you know, my boy Mark from Kensington, who I knew, came to St. Lawrence Market area where I was living, and it's like, get the fuck out! You living in Mark? You went to Kensington then? I said, yeah, man. We ended up being like just like carbon copies. The first time I went to Jamaica was with him when I was 18, man. We told our parents, yeah, man, we used to go down to Mark's grandparents. You were gonna find a gra- Mark's grandparents. We can get across. The- hey, we get down to we get down to Jamaica, bro. We ain't got one motherfucking plan, man. We get the fuck off the plane in Mo Bay, and we walking around like bait, <laughs> fucking like, man. I just thought, okay, the first thing we're gonna do, we're gonna find a place to stay. So we find the YMCA by Jared Park. This is what I said. Go by Jared Park. I check the YMCA. I see Mr. Henry. Back in the day, it was Mr. Henry. And he said us good. You know what I mean? We had a great time there, too. But then it was just on, man. That's 1988, man. A week after Gilbert, we were down there, man. It was only Canada trucks down there. You don't see nobody else but big fucking Canada trucks removing shit. We were building up stuff, helping build some houses and stuff with some friends and shit. Got some money. Did some things. But most of all, I got an education in life and from there life forward you understand well, I'm big up the Sterling Castle massive already this thing, you know from Rasman Naftali and Natty you see the money they, 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 you know I, I like to be like everyone along the way really 
<laughs> you know, Dave Kingston, man, I got a big that brother up right now. I want everybody to know about this brother, man. When we were kids, we were listening to CKLM in Toronto from the one called Dave Kingston, man. His wife, Beth Lesser, Beth, Beth Kingston now, is responsible for some of the greatest photography in reggae music, period. And her work can be seen in many books around the world and stuff. They had Reggae Quarterly magazine they put out, man. Use promotion played at his wedding, man, in Jamaica. Remember this brother, Dave Kingston, man. Yo, if you're out there, you ever hear this, bro, you done know us respect fresh, straight. That's how I got. That was my focal point in buying my records and stuff, too. So, yeah, I'm still in touch with him, you know. God bless you, brother. You know, did a lot of great stuff, just like Ron Nelson. He put Ron Nelson on to CKLN in, 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 in all this. Greats to greats, man. You know, because I love Ron, man. It's my brother, too. You know, repping the hip-hop and all the big peoples out here. I couldn't name names. I don't go front like that, man. See, I ain't a front motherfucker. I ain't one of the people who who be like like in, in the vanity shit. You know, I ain't into that. You know what I'm saying? But I rest people. You know, I come up from the foundation, you know, we're building. We don't order for kids to say, we, 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 you know, yeah, so really, that's where we come from. I'm a forward from there. See? Whitey Don, you were hanging with some big stars back in the day, and I just wanted to ask what some of your best moments were with artists like KRS One, Fife Dog, Big Sugar, Sean Paul, Snow, Busta Rhymes, etc. Yeah, well, the people I come up with and really check, you know, for the same time and been blessed to work with the same time, and some people were just dear as bridging, you know what I mean? But some of them are big like that, you see what I'm saying? But like Snow, right? So really, a lot of people talking about Snow, and <clears throat> he's a big man, he's he's dope. He's doing lots of work right now. He just got all these awards with uh, Konkama, with Daddy Yankee and them too. He's doing a lot of reggaeton music too, which I was one of the first people to be blessing out here when we were selling on Eglinton West in the record store. Well, yeah, man, we gonna big up Daddy Snow, though, first and foremost. DKO, man, that's my brother right there. Been been around together for many years. I used to tour with him, too, you know. He's a DJ, look at things for him, too, you know. But, man, man, some old friend, you know what I'm saying? Some, some deeper shit, too, like, I ain't really gonna share. But, yeah, he's, I know his family, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, it was... It was pretty interesting. I got some of the baddest snow music that he's ever done, so ain't nobody play me snow. I'll tell you straight. I did, yeah, select that too. As a matter of fact, archive is some records and stuff too, you know what I'm saying? So, anyway, let's not be there. We're gonna big up Daddy Snow. We're gonna big up KRS1 BDP, man. Some of the craziest shit. <laughs> Going with Commissioner Gordon to up Gun Hill and Tilden Avenue in the Bronx, man, South Bronx, bro. going up in the, going it up into to, to the studio, BTP studio, going through the building, growing this apartment, and shit was gutted, and he put up all this wicked, like, he made a studio out of it, a full fucking studio, you know what I'm saying? Like, ready studio, bad studio, and he took it in the walls out a bit, and he put in the new walls from the walls, you know, so he could self-contain it. Anyway, we were in there, man. Chris up in there was just part of it. Me and him was just like, cool. The second, yeah, we on, you know what I'm saying? So I remember a man coming in there one day, man, and, and, uh, and Chris was like, 
in the studio in the isolation booth talking to a fucking uh, uh, headphones and he switched the polarity of the headphones to make them into like a microphone like a dictation mic sound my favorite mic is a shady mic you know them dictation mics you have a ring with them you see they have that in a live dance or anything like that and you can contain it I have a lick you know but I tell you say, I hate to run it in terms of like my kind of sound you know what I mean anyway so like yeah you know, I tell you say them Monday you know stories man I remember bringing my big mother this is my brother right here man this is like you know chip foo man I can't even say enough that's one of my influences you know as is Chris same way you know but chip bro wow that, that's a phenomenon like in another world and I remember bringing him down to see Chris at BDP studio one time when we took the chits from Jive Records and took the, the limousines out to Long Island back down got up with Chip Mark nice my producer on Bridging, you know what I'm saying? Come from there, go and pick him up, you know, at Brooklyn. Come from there, go and to Ross, to, to the Bronx in the studio, man, up in there, man. Chris was like, yo, shit, this brother. So I thought he didn't met before. I thought they would have met before. So I wasn't even sure if they did even, you know. But yeah, we have to big up 5, 6 in church, man, Brooklyn Avenue. And, and boroughs and biggest and all that you want to call it. We're going to bring up all the boroughs, you know what I'm saying? But Brooklyn, y'all got a special love of 5'6 and church, chip food, man. We're going to say that straight, you know? And, uh, you know, I mean, everywhere in New York, baby. New York City is just like the, the Mecca, man. I, you know, I'm going to say that straight, you know? As is Jamaica, as is where I come from, Toronto, Canada, you know, my accent, whether I'm bonfire anywhere, you know, I blaze the fire, I'm purified. Yeah, man, Five Dog was a blessing too, you know. Five Dog was a total blessing, you know, and it, it remains going without saying. I would have wished I knew him a little more, you know what I mean? But the time I spent with that brother was some some dope shit. I put a record out for him when I was enough for entertainment in Canada. Put out the ventilation LP and brought him up to Canada. I got the time to chill with him a bit, and it was it was cool, man. It was like. I wish it was more. We were supposed to do a record together with him as Mutty Ranks. I mean, that's why to that. We're going to do that, man. And it would have been dope. I think it would have been dope. Anyways, let's see. I even got lots of brothers here. You know, I got a big up West, man. You know, my strong shit. We got my brother Thrust. Hell yeah. 35 years and on. And I'm like, it's craziness. Um, you know, all my brothers. Culture Shock crew, you know, coming up from from the Culture Shock band and stuff. Everybody, really. You know, Micron Music on Angleton. Enough Entertainment, you know what I'm saying? Planet X Bridge and then Mishy Me, Dunno, Rumba. But I want to big up all the people that are involved, you know what I'm saying? I didn't even mention the regular people. I go with Leroy Sibbles, man. Leroy Heptones. See me, I say, Godfather, I say, I'm here. Jackie Mito. They're my people, you know. Show the one people, them too. Lord Tanamo. You know, Kenan Ball. I tell you, Carol Brown. My sis. I tell you, Sasa Frost up in the place. I tell you, yeah. Woody Point one and one, you know, where I, I get to meet everybody, you know. Everybody that means the world to me, you know. I want to big up Lucian and Mikey General then. And the late, great Philip Fadis Burrell. You know what I'm saying? Same time, exterminate. I'm going to big up so many people. Brother Steely, blessed love. Rest in peace. And my brother Cleavy. Yo, still keeping it alive, man. 
saying, what I fire was Kroto. Don't know, right? Yeah, well, like me and Snow, for example, I done records with him, man. I played bass, played keyboards, guitars. We got songs together, too, man. Baggage Row and fucking Club Tonight and did videos. We got all sorts of shit, man. So many experiences, I can't even call it out, man. Sly and Robbie. Jeez, I can't even forget them. Mr. Francis, Dunbarton Avenue, Mixing Lab, CM Time. But Sly and Robbie, man, I mean, wow. That was it. When I heard them say, yo, and look at me when I was playing a bit of bass and I was writing lyrics and they were like, wow, what the hell, you know? At the time, it was kind of different, you know? And they were like, shit, dude. And they respected me. And I really, obviously, effing respect Sly and Robbie stealing Cleavy the same way the creators of Dancehall, basically, as we know Dancehall, you know? But there's so many people, I can't even, I can't even begin to, to talk, you know? About so many personal experiences that turn into big experiences with artists and music, same way, you know? So I'm big up the world like I'm them. The squad, you know what I'm saying? Big trust, big stretch, dunk, <laughs> Frank and Dank fame. Big up the Frank and Dank T to the D. Yeah, you don't know. Big up. Demon Slayer stretch. Funny place, you know, D Spear. I tell you, Richard Navi. Coming up, but listen, I gotta even big this up big. Big, big, big. True Rude, Rude of Metal Records. Gonna big that up too, that's my brother. Let me tell you something. If you get this far in this message, please edit this and this has got this is important. I got out a lot of bullshit. And I'm old older now, but I got out a lot of bullshit. And I run into a brother who was looking for me, said. And I realized he had recorded something with me and Snow that sounded dope, man. Like you played it for me and I forgot about it. I was like, it sounded like Dennis Brownie, kind of Dennis Brownie idea of a voice, you know what I mean? And I tell you, it's on, it's on a weird, I tell you. Yo, man, when I was here, maybe it was a couple of times I hear it, you know. And that was the time I recorded it. Well, that was years before anyway, so. Brother Turu, Richard Rudimental. Give me a call up and you know what? I know good things about him. A lot of people don't understand my brother, but many people don't understand me. So I just know we got a lot of things in common, you know? He's got West Indian roots. I don't. <laughs> but he's got the American and the Canadian thing going on. So we got down like that because I'm American and Canadian. And it's like, yeah. That brother believe in me away, say, yo, we're going to do something. I never thought he was feeling me for real, though, you know? Because I was, you know, a lot of people, they whatever. But they didn't feel it. Some people feel it. Some people don't. That's why I'm not worried about shit. Because I know in the, in the end, you know, I do stuff for my peoples. I don't, I don't, I can't work for the world, bro. I work for my people. People who support me. People who I love. You know what I'm saying? It's all about feeding your family, but it's also about the love, you know, and the respect. The respect people, you know? Anyways, this brother looked into me and said, yo, we're gonna do something. So to start off my reemergence and even recording, it was Too Rude who brought me in. We got some songs, we're trying to get them down, beat it out, but yeah, he, he, he saw it the start and, and sparked it. 
into something that I hope is going to turn out nice. You know what I'm saying? Sounding good so far to me. You know, so with that in, in check, um, that's the one who started this. And I got into it. And I somehow got on with Thrust on a Facebook message. Say, yo, when we can do this? <laughs> he said, wait, give me a call. Set up that week, we're in the studio. You know what I'm saying? So moving fast. And that was just some fast shit. That shit we did. Really. I mean, I went in a couple times to clean up a couple things. That's it. It was fucking fast. That, that Skylarker song. Anyway. Supposedly it was the song that got Eric B to say, yo, this is going to sign this brother. So I feel good about that. You know what I'm saying? And, and my brother's helping me. Thrust stepping up saying, yo, bro, let's do this. Thrust got crazy knowledge, man. You know? And the whole squad for that matter. Our next question was, did Whitey Don collaborate with Big Sugar on any of their albums or tracks? We also asked Whitey to talk about his special friendship with Gary Lowe from Big Sugar. And here's his response. I asked, what Big Sugar? Well, let me tell you something. Yeah, I did. They lot of recording with them, you know, Gordy. Gordy put Big Sugar together with a lot of our people, you know, Gary Lowe, I was on my bonafide. Rest in peace, brother. Gary Lowe, the bass, he was our bass with Culture Shock. And um, Gordy used to come see us play at the Bamboo back in the day. We used to play the Bamboo a lot. And you see how the place work and everybody work together and everything. And, you know, Culture Shock did a go on them time or two, right? So anyway, Gary Lowe personally became my son's godfather, uh, literally. Gone at church and everything, I, I blaze the fire in a church. You know what I'm saying? Big things, family that, you know? So it was especially hard for me when Gary Lowe passed, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I still don't really like talking much about it, but yeah, that was a serious influence in my life, you know what I mean? Gary Lowe. I bad on Lowe, right? Vice <coughs> I go. Too much smoking, anyway. Yeah, big show with Gordy uh, and the crew, even friend of mine come through afterward, but he wasn't in Big Sugar when I was there. I just did some things. I recorded the Alkaline album with them. You know, just basically f fooling around, you know. <laughs> fooling around with Gordy's genius. He have his genius, you know what I mean? He just like, he put shit together, putting samples and placement and stuff. He real dope with that shit, but it was what it was, you know what I'm saying? But the fun part of that was, was the tour for me. The Alkaline tour we had, it was dope, you know? I mean, Gary, I was, uh, you know, out on the road doing something, you know, as well. You know, some other things. It was, it was, it was, it was a cool vibes, man, you know what I mean? And Gordy's cool brother, you know what I mean? Did a lot for music himself, you know? Big Sugar and <clears throat> all his other endeavors the same way, right? So, one big up that same time, you know what I'm saying? We got the big sugar camp always, you know, family that, yeah. The next question touched on something a bit comical, but also serious as well. It seems that people on YouTube seem to think that uh, Whitey Don was dead alongside others in his circle, like Thrust, Frankenstein, Hip Hop, and others. And it seemed like he had disappeared from the music scene, and so they naturally thought that he was no more. And we asked if he could go into that a little bit. Well, people say we died. No, we never die. We're still alive, you know, right here, right now. So, I will never stop. 
things change up, you know. They never know so the, the whole thing change up. Whole business change up, bro. I got family now. Lots of things happen. You understand? But let me tell you something. We still alive, bro. I ain't ever leaving nothing. I'm an old selector. My first love was my records and my knowledge. And then running Jamaican reggae record stores and other record stores and knowing the whole thing about the music. You know what I mean? I got a bit of a background. You know what I mean? So, I'm not left it. I'm not left my family the same way. So, compromise in between. You understand? True. I can't get into a lot of shit. I wasn't really the the most lawful abiding person in the world and you know had to go away for a little bit but not 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 in the penitentiary I don't like that they just go away you know keep away yeah anyway as we say when I left this this is integral born for this you understand so however things change up I am where I am who I am whatever there's a sense of the bar nation, the fullness, the grounding in what we do, you understand? That will never go away. My experiences and the things that I go through in life will never die. The body may die or may go away, but I will never die. Yeah. The next question dealt with his relationship with Thrust and if he could explain how that came about. My relationship with Thrust started many years ago, right? Many years ago. I can't even remember where I met him, you know. <laughs> Funny thing. But Thrust is, is an old soul brother of mine, like, for real, like, brother. Both Scorpion, just like Snow, you know. Both the intensities of life, right? And uh, just running the streets, man, and in the music business, you know. Thrust was always up in there, man. He's been doing stuff. He put out way more music than I did. Kid's been around. He knows his shit, and is a brother that I respect, and is part of my family, definitely. And he's um, about to do a lot of big things that I know about, and is already doing big things. But he's all about the real, and that's something I like about trust. A lot of people don't understand people, you know, but I do. You know, I understand them, and I love them. And they're my people. So, squad up, love, respect. Big up my brethren, Chris, friends, you know, daddy trust. Keep it live, bro. Keep it live. We're keeping something. I'm coming up again, man. We'll make sure that even one song does something for somebody somewhere. I will be happy. You know what I'm saying? As again, I don't sing for vanity. I don't sing for. The Babylonian things and, you know, cars and vanity and girls and, and fucking money and how much me have and them things. Them things that Pitney gave, man, I won't foot, you know. They ain't them little Pitney idiot argument, you know. All the class shit. You know, I ain't out there. I know it's part of it. I ain't gonna down on that because I love watching a good class, you know. But I don't like seeing up feet. Really, I, that's not me. That's not me. I, I, I don't. I'm not in the clash things, you know. We're in the clash things, you know. A, a forward movements and an upliftment. You see, we do. We boost the youth. Them. We now wet them up. We now. We now screw with them upcoming. You understand? Man, I brought up saying, you know, when I deal with them kind of things uh, on certain levels. But a good clash is good, you know. But we not in that again. I'm over that. I'm just playing some music, man. You know what I'm saying? Keeping it live. 
Next, we asked Whitey Don to talk about Culture Shock. It was one of the premier Toronto reggae bands back in the day of which he was a part of. Well, me coming up now, you know, I want to big up the Culture Shock crew, original revelations, you know. But the Culture Shock crew, uh, you know, we have quite quite the list casting characters and people who were founders, you know. I want to big up my brother, my brother in life, Gary Abaddon Lowe, Gary Lowe. My basis, brother up there in heaven. Also, Big Sugar's basis went on to do backing a lot of big, 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 big artists alongside my like Bernie Fat Cat Peters. Bernie Peters, <laughs> God bless you, brother. You still, still here with us. You know, the eyes may be weak a bit, but the heart is strong and the spirit strong and still a play and still a go on, you know. Very lucky to be amongst these gentlemen. And I will line out my other brothers who I'm very lucky to be around. And at that time, we had just come together before everybody made their own movement, you know. So, I mean, we're gonna big up my brother, friendly man, who alongside of I were the lead vocalists of Culture Shock. I was a singer and friend who was a DJ. Gary Lowe was the bassist, rest in peace, brother. My son's godfather. Bernie Pitters on keyboards and our radical horn section was Roscoe Christie, who used to teach at Trebus. <laughs> I mean, at, at CBC, not Trebus. He used to teach at CBC. Um, Richard Isaacs House, the infamous Isaacs now, living in Jamaica, living all over the place, playing that beautiful sax, classically trained, conservatory trained, you know. And then you have Richard, the Reverend. Howard Moore, no, not Richard, sorry. Then you have, that's Richard Isaacs. Then you have our trumpet player, Howard the Reverend Moore. Howard Moore, very talented, jazz time trained, again, conservatory trained, serious trumpet player. Uh, and they were the radical horn section, right? Um, friendly also would play some keyboards at the time too and we'd play around with playing keyboards and bass and guitar and whatever the place was you know I'm gonna big up this last but not least because this man started my career literally uh, at a youth of 15 years old I go and we'll smoke some weed and yo down in Jewtown the kids in the market from school I'm a scock school I'm gonna go down there I'm gonna hey, see one brother you know and the spirit ticking you know, on the eyes I'm catching. I say, yo, you've talked to this brother. I'm gonna talk to this brother. I say, yo, yo, you like this? Say, Nigel Murray. Nigel Murray. Dancing days, Nigel Murray. Kensington Market. The king of Kensington. This was the man who took the first interest in me musically. I say, yo, let me put a band together. Man. <laughs> and this guy and himself. He said, he said, let us put a band together. And that was just a dream to me at the time because I never had anybody look at me like that. I was a DJ. I wasn't a singer. I wasn't a rapper. I wasn't. Any, I was a DJ. But my knowledge was good, and I wanted to take it further, you know. So, again, Nigel Murray saw me, drummer, Dread, with Sunforce, his band, and decided he was going to do something else. And we put together some side group, and then Stephen Cogdell from Lionheart Studios was the lead singer at the time and David Parker who I have since not even heard from either of them for, for a while so I'm sure they're doing other things but they're out there and, and to be bigged up same time we always had amalgamations of all the other bands too like Eric from Messenger we love Messenger Messenger is our friends and families too and then we have the Fugitive crew and we only put crews around the time and everybody was supporting each other you know and that livestock you know but my band was my band 
Let me see how much people know. <laughs> Gary Lowe. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight piece band, you see? With a horn section of three. Anyway, that was Culture Shock. We used to give away... We used to have lineups at the Bamboo. We used to be the, one of the Bamboo premier bands. And we packed that place up and gave away, you know, trips and shit. <laughs> it, was, it was great to come to a Culture Shock show, even I know that. So, just fun. Everybody was a fun character. That was Culture Shock. Now we're going to play a clip from Culture Shock featuring Whitey Don. And the clip comes from their hit called Rude Boys. We don't like all the wrong things they're doing, so them checks they will stop. We not into the games that they're playing, then why get it off? Because if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you live by the gun, you die by the gun. You live. I want you to listen to me. Moving on, we asked Whitey what he was up to these days if he was working solely with Thrust or doing any special collaborations with other artists. We also asked him if he had any new albums coming up soon, and this is what he said. Well, you know, things in the work with Thrust too, you know. Me and Thrust have some things in the lab going on. As I said before, the originator in, in my resurgence and booster was man like Richard Rudimental. Rude metal records, too rude. Up, we got stuff going on in that lab. There it was the first of me getting up, going at it. You know what I'm saying? And trust, we always have something. <laughs> we always have something. But hey, it's not solely solely working with trust. Um, uh, we'll be working with him on other levels. So. Um, but yeah, DKO, Snow, the whole crew, that's my DKO crew, Frankie Fars, Daddy Snow, Balam Kill, all the other man them, and the reggaeton part, Willie D, you know, big up Chad, all the other crew that GMs, uh, you know, all the crew, right? So DKO, Too Rude, and Thrust, between all that and the squad. You know what I'm saying? We making things happen. You know what I'm saying? Open for work with everybody, you know. Cause still I know them now reach a Jamaica yet. If you go down the back and slide up my bridge in them down there. For they do stuff. But yeah, man, you know. It's it so far, you know. And, and we just coming up. I'm looking to bring about the rockers again. You see? As a lot of artists are looking towards the rockers. Come again. You see me as a I look for the license, some world channel one rhythm, and world studio one rhythm, or some world joke read rhythm, you see what I say? So, I just that right now, we are pre and penny, as well as the hip hop, reggae, integral, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man, we're we gonna stretch this motherfucker. We ain't stopping, man. You know what I say? Keep it locked. Boom. 
Next, we touched on how he got into reggae and how that music influenced his life. How did I get into reggae? <laughs> First of all, it was from the 70s. I've been around for a very long time in this, you know. I've been archiving music. I have a very, very, very serious reggae collection of records and hip hop. But being where I was in the 70s, coming up, I was in a place which was the heartbeat of the West Indian community in Toronto, right where I was born originally. I was raised in the Kensington area. I went to Kensington Primary, Kensington School back in the 70s. And I would always skog school with my friend Keith Williams. I, I mentioned this before. Skog school and go thief manga in market. I do town them times and said then said you town in amongst amongst the people around there because it was a very Hasidic community originally. And one of the first synagogues in Toronto, I believe, is on one of the streets down there, right? In the Kensington Market. And uh, anyways, off Kensington Avenue there. Either way, that that them call it, you know. So, coming up, you know, with teeth and mangoes and go down and go check, you know, Ronnie Bob Harvey from Scatterlights, who owned a record store on one side of Kensington. And across the street was the original Stranger Cole and his record store. I have all the big musicians around them time then. Leroy Gibbon, uh, Leroy, Leroy, sorry, Leroy Heptones, of course. Leroy Brown, but Heptones being my godfather, my people, let me know, you know. Heptones really bring me on a certain level, you know, uh, around the fraternity. And Jackie Me Too, and Lord Tanamo, original Studio One people, you know, the original fire, you know what I say? And they were living in Toronto. We have people like, like Sammy Dredd living up here at one point, you know, Johnny Clark, uh, Wolf a big, big down, you know, and a notch in that business sometime there. We still have uh, some big people here too, you know, like Junior Reed's families. Half Pine, I believe, have some family, I'm not sure. But Tristan Paul, Malinval Thompson, who will them here they live here, you know, in Carl Dawkins. Who will them? My name start, you know. You must say, between the record stores and stuff. But anyway, those times come after anyway, but uh, up at Eglinton. But anyways, and those times, man, in the 70s, I would get through and, you know, we have a little rest, man, and carry me back to school. I say, yo, there you are, true, and they come in here, smell like a bunch of weed. Carry me in the, in the office, say, yo, there you are. They knew my mom's too, right? Who used to go down to Tiger's Palm Cove in the Kensington Market there as a kid. We would go down there with her, you know. My mother knew a lot of people. She was down with Zulu Nation and shit, even, you know. She she get down with some people, you know what I mean? Anyway. It was an amazing upcoming. And from there, you know, that sprouted a lot of reggae conscious and West Indian conscience in Toronto. At that time, you know, it wasn't really like, nobody really knew about reggae. We knew about it, yeah? But it wasn't anywhere to be up there on the map yet. It was there on the map, but up and coming, you understand? And that's when I, wait, what is the word? That's a prophesize, what do you say? That's when I say, you're gonna watch reggae, I said, watch reggae. Everybody said, what, what are you listening to, man? I mean, in grade one, I walk into my class class picture with a tam on my head. <laughs> I got a tam on my head, man. <laughs> you know, Ross Tam, I know nothing underneath. <laughs> grade one, yeah, anyway. You know what I said? That time, it was not anybody was like, what, what was that? Everybody was like, Elvis, some Chuck Berry, some, some the, the monkeys or some shit, you know. I mean, I like that too, 
watching cartoons and stuff and watching the monkey show and all that crap. But yeah, it wasn't for me. And even at a young age, I, I had a sense of, I want to be different. I don't want to be the same as all these people. And throughout the years, it's still so. Still so. I'll be that devil's advocate in the argument, you know. I'll put it there. I don't want to leave no elephant in the room. You understand what I say? I'll bring it forth, man. I want people to understand and see what I want. But anyway, I said it. This shit going to infiltrate every musical genre, even the 80s when I got down to the next market area where I live. 1980, 79, we moved down to the St. Lawrence market area where it was just being built in Toronto. Again, in the next market area. But yeah, carry the consciousness around there. Still at that time, there was no real reggae. You understand? Man and man was playing reggae music in Jamaica and was playing, you know, in the small places and stuff. But you don't really see it more and so, you know. So it's like people be asking me, say, Why, what are you doing, man? You don't even you understand this? I understand every fucking word, remember. And I even talk like that. You understand? So. When you hear me talking back and forth, this is because I saw me talking, I'm telling you, you know what I'm saying? I talk Jamaican, it's fucking comfortable for me, you know what I mean? And, 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 and even so, you know, I'm going to Chinese community, I got people from all over the world in their little sects, you know what I'm saying? And their little areas, and they, I go amongst them people, like Little India, I'm Ali, in Little India, Gerard Street, they all know me as Ali. You know what I'm saying? I get down with Bangra artists. I know I got down with Dalai Mendy and Malkit singing, you know, Palisago. You know, they didn't talk about that anyway. Man, talk about reggae and stuff. But the reggaeton, I was one of the first people to start playing that and boosting it in Canada when it first came out. When Tevez Buena, Tevez Buena, Bien, 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 Ato Tevez, Bien, El General, and Nando Boom. All them one day. We would play them long, 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 right? Before that, the Yankee came on with gasoline and brought that whole shit right to the world's face. You know what I'm saying? We was up in the underground in a foundation building. You know what I'm saying? Because we built the foundation hard. I left a mark. You understand? And that's what we want to do in our life. Now I look for the vanity again. I mean, I tell you what. Coming up, man, I got real lucky. You know, I started running one of the fucking big record stores on Eglinton West, Micron Music. Pete Weston and Bunny Lee. Like, all the, the largest distributor of Jamaican music in Canada off Eglinton West right next to Raps. I mean, what a perfect spot for someone like me. Love the records, love the music. I get into this, man, I start, to, you know, when I got in, when I was DJing in 1988, I started DJing in 1988. This was even before getting to that record store. I was DJing at, like, Tasmanian Ballroom on Jarvis Street, where I met Friendly Man, Chester Miller, and all the brothers be coming down there. We had a reggae night. I was 18 years old, not even legal to be that shit, just DJing this stuff. And down the road, man, I wrote my first song, A Golden Griddle, man. It's fucking funny. Yo, so people are saying, yo, you like to talk, you talk like that, you should be singing like that. I play guitar, I play bass, guitar, keyboard, I play all that stuff. I do this stuff in the studio, I play all that shit. But it wasn't, it's like I had to have a guitar with me if I was in the woods smoking some weed somewhere. There was an existential outlet to do that stuff. Well, why not use my voice when I'm walking with my voice everywhere? Why don't I try something like that? I talk Jamaican anyway, right? I talk enough to do what I'm doing. And it part why it come through, you know what I mean? So I just care that, you know, I ain't going to start DJ or do all these little small things. And I, I, will, I will remind you, I suck. I suck, bro. <laughs> My buddies would record me. They're like, yo, why did that song go to hell? Yeah, whatever. They're just boosting me, you know. But it shit sucked. 
I listened back to something. I was like, what the fuck was I thinking, man? Damn. But it come a little further from there, man. I got signed to a label. So I, I, I at one point, one of the largest labels in the world. And I mean, yeah, so I know I was doing something right. Either way, kept to it. Still the most integral part of my life beside my family. And I never stopped. I never stop. I will always be involved. Will always be involved in whatever capacity. You know what I'm saying? Right now, I'm trying to get up and get some music out, man. I like to make some nice music. I enjoy it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? But I ain't gonna be a vanity motherfucker trying to play them games like the labels try to do with you, man. There's a lot of bullshit that I ain't really ain't allowed to talk about. Put it you that way right now. So I'm gonna leave that alone. But see you time. Man, just know your business. We'll get to that in a minute. But it comes from there, man. It comes from there. It comes it comes from the hood, and it comes from just real. You know, I I, I want to be different. Still strive to be different to this day. I don't want to be like them drone people. You know, I got a lot of drones out there. Babylonian drone. It's just it's just not me, man. I don't agree with them. So I just kind of keep to my own self, you know. And certain people with me have ruined me boost me and I boost them you understand so we coming from far man we ain't just coming from where we, we don't hurry come up you know with a force right we coming from far you know what I'm saying and then you got hip hop coming up I was listening to that when we was listening to funk again BLK was just coming up and Kiss FM we had to take the, the, the cords in the back of our stereos to hang all over the place to catch to catch the signal I mean we, we were listening to all that old stuff bruh you know and it was pre-hip hop as well it was funk man you know I got some old records here even when hip hop was starting out man it's an old blow I got the Blowfly 12 inch I got all sorts of old shit rapping Duke and Grandmaster Flash Furious 5 Cool Herc Africa Babata the old Tommy Boy Johnson crew, shit like Planet Rock and all that. Like, yo, I got all that stuff on vinyl, man. You know what I'm saying? But remember, and I will say this first and foremost, I'm in the hip-hop scene through reggae. Just like hip-hop was started through reggae. I know that it's a fact. I watched it. You know what I'm saying? Cool hurt, big up. And you know what? I love it all. I love it all. And me... Knowing the, the the racial injustices of the world, watching the injustices, watching systemic racism as a child, I hated it, and I fight it eternally, eternally. I don't stop. I fight and burn it out. And when I said burn it out, I'm talking about the purification. I'm talking about purifying. I'm talking about blazing out to purify. When I say fire burn that, it's a purification process. You know what I'm saying? Not no bullshit, burning out, Nazi shit. I'm burning it out. We're chanting it out. We don't know what we can do to let it be lit up, seen, and acted on. You know what I'm saying? My family is multiracial, if you want to call it that. Multi-ethnic, multi-whatever. You know, it's all the same to me. And that's one thing growing up where I did and the way I did is everybody the fucking same, man. I cut your ass, you fucking bleeding blue and it turns to red when it gets out. You know what I'm saying? Fucking real shit, right? Anyway, that's what's up. Next, we have a clip of Whitey Don from the track titled Murderer. Yeah, I, why, why, yeah, I, why, to 
afraid of the bloodshed and the killing down the line. Whoa, well, it's such a crime chain. Tired of the bloodshed over crack and cocaine. Whoa, well, and this kid's in the pain, murderer. Kill up the heat like them a vampire. Hey, murderer. Suck the blood out of the sofa. Hey, so in this way, no fuss and fighting. question was about Whitey Don living in Jamaica for a short while and if he could talk about that a little bit. No, Jamaica. <laughs> Let's just say I spent a lot of time in Jamaica. The first time I went to Jamaica was in the 88. I was 18 years old with my friend Mark Beans. We're going to tell our family, said we're going to Jamaica and we're going to go meet Mark's grandparents and all that. We got down to fucking Mobay. didn't know one fucker where we're going, bro. You know what I'm saying? We got down there. We like, what the fuck we gonna do now? <laughs> I'm like, okay, the first thing we're gonna do is find a lodging. So through my beer, we pull our things, a big suitcase, and go. So wait, why I'm here? They got, got one of those down here. The final is right by Jared Park, the infam- infamous Jared Park housing, like reggae sunsplash and a lot of events, big reggae events out there. I get to the YMCA, there was Mr. Henry there. Now, for Spain, Mr. Henry again. I mentioned this previously. And again, from that point, everything started for me. I ran into my friend Naptali and Nati from Kingston. We got to Kingston the next day, up in Red Hills Road, Meniras, and Sterling Castle. Hang out and learn certain things, you know? It was the education thing. Gonna watch it from there. Buck up Bongo Vin. The two of the Bongo Vins. And Bongo silly before him dead. Before them kill him. A lion's den. Up a Belmont. Lots of things. That was the first of it. You understand? When I forward from Jamaica, I was like, I have to go back there. I have to do something. Then in 91, we could own the back. And set up one little place and buy seven square land. I'm gonna go house. I'm like a pigeon. I'm like a lad that will come after. Then enough things, man, enough things, enough things. I book up a lot of friends, you know. I'm sending that over Linstead. I'm bridging Donald Taylor. I'm like Taylor Lawn, Nag Lawn, up on York Street. Uh, big up from their families down there, too. You know? All over, basically, uh, there's lots of things I can talk about and lots of I can't talk about, so. 
West Side put a lot of time in down there. Better believe it. But it's been a while now, and I have to get my kids down there to give them the culture. I gotta bring my children down there, man. I'll stay a good time, you know? But it's been a while, you know? But I'm in constant contact with my Jamaican family. Every day, you understand? So, I saw it go. I just leave. I leave Jamaica everywhere. <laughs> Fuck. You can call me crazy as a motherfucking ox. But my experience precedes themselves, and I can't talk about some of them, you know, and some reasons. But everything is blessed. Everything is blessed now. And Jamaica is a blessed place for me. An integral part of my brought up and upbringing within this and what's happening now. Moving on to the next question, we asked if he followed any of the newer artists in Jamaica like Chronics or Coffee. Well, if I follow artists and people, but right now, and I don't really follow nobody really. I don't want to you know, make the word solid, but I don't follow nobody. Unless I Instagram. My <laughs> wife control most of that for me anyway, but we run things as a leader in our circle, you know, so when I hear the word follow, I'm on follow God, really, you know what I mean? I don't really worship idols and you know those kind of things. But at the same time, the inspirators are there, right? The inspiration, the people who need the love will get the love because I'm a selector too, you know, remember. I boost the music. Chronics is Chronicle's son, the original Chronicle. We used to sound like Barrington all that, but Chronicle's son is Chronics. And I read Chronics. <laughs> I read Chronics and Coffee. Coffee, I don't care what I want to say about her. Coco Tea is my family, right? And cup of tea first boost coffee. And I I boost coffee. You understand? The girl is smart. The girl is sound good, right? But no matter about what she say otherwise. You understand? Right? So we boost those artists, protege, Kabaka Pyramid, like Janine, you know, like Queen Africa. The whole of them the Ras people who come up the same way and you know, like different artists. I can't even call out all the artists, you know. It's like, there's roots artists, there's dancehall artists. You know, these are just reggae artists. Really, I'm a rockers man. Let's make this straight. The one where I'm on really look for are the rockers artists. A lot of them dead. You know, Sugar Minor, Dennis Emmanuel, Brown. You know, it's so a lot of those people. They like people like Harry Sandy. You know, some of them are dead. They don't say everybody's dead. Because Harry Sandy is well alive. But, you know, the artist was coming from the late 70s, early 80s. Youth promotion camp, black solidarity camp. I mean, you know, Yami Bolo. My like little Kirk, Moses Davis' brother. Being his brother, little Kirk, with black solidarity. You know, the original voices coming up like Junior Reed from Junior Progress and the Voice of Progress. A lot of people know about Junior Reed. They used to call him Junior Progress from the Voice of Progress. And, you know, even for all that thing, we have some early junior read. Ashantiwa. Like different artists so you didn't really hear about, you know. And, and the ones you listen to, you know, Al Jacob Miller, of course. Anything from the movie Rockers, which really formed our lives. When that movie came out, it formed my life, bro. You know what I mean? I remember every single scene in that movie, Rockers. 
I love the harder they come. I love country, man. I love all the other ones that come out, but rockers that set the pace. And even if you talk to the youth, them nowadays, and even after the newer generation, they would say that rockers, the movie, set their life and set it. You understand? Those are the artists I come up with, you know. Jatwood Gregory, Big Yo Jayot, you know, Leroy Smart, Dirty Ariel, Horse Motor Drums for the, for the Burning Spear and all the big man them. Joe, give me say everybody in the thing there, in the movie. We boost them, you know. That's the music I got. You want to step to me with rockers? I got something for you. A lot of people can't play me rockers, you know. A lot of the big selectors them know me, you know, through, through my own. Chris and Clean, I keeps my records wicked. My original Little John with name of that pan pan YouTube. We have some some original <laughs> Harris Martin, <laughs> yo, Virgin, all the hip tools, everything from Studio One and Joe Creed got up. All the original, we can get deeper. We don't feel Phil Pratt and all them. And, and, and original, original Beverly's from Skia all the way up, you know. But rock steady. And all them things I work with Studio One for a bit, you know, and I really boost the Studio One tune them and Joe Creed tune them. And all the tune, but even man like, you know, man like Lee Perry and Black Ark, you see what I say? But anyway, I just call the names at this point. Sammy Dread, you know, Michael Prophet, Rise, Rise, Michael Prophet. Yeah, so many are the Earl 16, Anthony Johnson. You know what I say? Man, I don't see. I mean, I call out, call out stuff. Horace Ferguson, Sensei. Let me tell you, I go deep, all right? But my love is toward the foundation. That's the name of my crew, Foundation Crew. My love stems from the foundation of reggae music. Daddy Roy, King Stitch, Daddy Sal Capone. All the original, yo, story didn't get deeper, man. All me I tell you, say, we, we deal with rockers. But right now, we're bringing the rockers forward in the dance hall things. You call it trap, you call it whatever you want, call it. This trap stuff, whatever it is. We're keeping to that vibe. Linval Thompson's voices, all these voices I came up with, you know, Al Campbell, Colonel Campbell, Ratted, I couldn't just call them all out, right? But there's no reason because, you know, <laughs> it won't stop. You just keep going and you're going to be writing this stuff out there. You, you, you know, you don't want to hear all that. I'm going to tell you, say, we're bringing the rockers forward, and that's the mission, right? Dance hall is dance hall. My dance hall was in the 70s. My dancehall is Studio One. All the original, all the original jackpot. You know what I'm saying? Some Carlton Patterson. Original black and white label. All this old stuff, you understand? That's my dancehall, right? So dancehall has just changed over the years, right? So we move. You know what I'm saying? Up to the time. You see what I'm saying? Right? Up to the time. From time up to the time. You see what I'm saying? Whitey Don Foundation Crew out. Next, we got into some of Whitey Don's musical inspirations and some of the top artists that he followed and listened to and still does. And he also talks about some of the artists that he would like to work with at this point. Top artists? Well, I feel you can formulate it from my last entry with following the artists, if we follow artists. But I'll tell you, I have a lot of inspirations and they all come from all over the place, right? If you're talking about reggae, you know I'm talking from the old school. Heptones, the rap, the original stuff, right? 
Those are my inspirators, the original reggae music and rock steady. Coming from then, you know, Brother Alton, Brother, all of them, right? But I also have the new stuff too, you know. I really like Gappy Rhymes. I like the England people. And I know a lot of obscure artists right now, white, even some white artists, I really rate them too. You know, but there's a lot of artists right now out of England, France and Germany. But we really are pre, you know what I mean? We're really checking them out. And I really rate them. States is always hot, you know what I mean? My, my Chip Fu, my brother Chip Fu, he got, woo! He's doing stuff with Pete Rock right now. And my song, Ready for the War, with Renee from Jean A. On the bass line of the A. I'm tell you something. Them money are rockers people too, you know? So, <laughs> yo, I got a lot of inspiration, you know? From the hip-hop side and the reggae as well, right? So, you know, I mean, I just called Chip's name, but there's others, you know? I have a lot of inspirations on the hip-hop side as well, you know? Um, but the reggae, I'm a reggae artist. You see me, I say so. Most of my inspiration is based on where hip-hop came from, Jamaica, reggae music, right? So we we'll enlarge up the whole original camp too, right? Original foundation artists on all sides. We're dealing with the foundation, we're building it from the ground up. We don't come halfway, we don't come so so away, no need of that. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't force ripe, you know what I mean? When a hurry come up, we come from far and build this foundation, right? So, anything we sound good, we're going to boost it proper. We don't deal with no slackness stuff. I don't care for all that, you know. But I respect the artists coming out with their things. All Mr. Cartel world boss, you know, we are, we are boasting the world boss too. Because he's a human being too, right? And his music is doing what he's doing. That is his business. But I don't really find myself playing slackness music too much. I have some great vibes cartel music though. I have some great bounty killer. I'm a, I'm a bonafide. Rodney Price. Are you mean? Bounty. Up. Scare them crew. Up. Here's my say. Yo, one of my DJs are busy. Busy signal. I tell you say a lot of them, even with them talk them things there. I would them talk. Style OG out of England. Gappy ranks. I tell you, a lot of them guys, MT41, what was his name again? M MR something. It's a white boy. A little guy, man. He's wicked too. You want to hear this fucking guy? And some people from all over. There's a lot of different people, different colors of people, different things going on. And we got to ribbit that thing because past all that, this is now past just Jamaica, just Trinidad, just the West Indies. This is now transversed into a full worldwide phenomenon. This music, reggae music, which bring on to hip hop. I look at hip hop, man. This is true. Them beats, bro. <laughs> we trying to mesh it all together. You understand? So anyway, I'm gonna say we are boosted things. We are boosted things, right? All the good music, right? I don't. I feel I'm missing so much in any when I'm calling names. Like, you know what I mean? My brother, Mark, Mikey General, I want to pick up the same way from Walker John, from those back in the day, Channel One. Barrington Levy, of course. Loshi. <laughs> you know what I say? Yo, I went large up the camp still, you know. I pick up the fallen soldiers too, you know, when you say them fall. Sleeping soldiers, right? I like Barky, big up. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see him pass right here. And I will, I'm not going to call out them names. All the music fraternity, 
that's boosting reggae music and, and, and responsible for the, the integration, we're going to big you up, all right? Do what you do. Eat some food, but take care of the world. Try to say something for the world, right? And we're good. I don't know. Bless up that foundation. Next, we asked Whitey Don if he could share his message to hip-hop fans worldwide about the future of hip-hop and what his plans are for the upcoming future. Well, if I had a message for the youth then, besides, yo, just keep looking forward, man. This ain't just one door. There ain't just one door, man. When they say you got one fucking lick, now that's bullshit. You understand? You have as many fucking licks as you put up there. You got to have good fucking music. Your music sells you. You understand? For your music, that's the one. You're not going to get the, 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 the bread. You're right? And you're not going to get the bly. So keep your shit tight, man. That's it. Or keep working at it. One thing I would say if I was an a and I wouldn't say, yo, I don't like that. I want to say that shit. I would say, I can't use that right now. So smart people, give a boost. That's great, come back when you're ready. Some people need to hear it though. The reality is harsh for some, you know what I'm saying? If I had a message, man, I just said, take your time and build a foundation, right? Don't step out of that, man, build, right? Build it from the bottom to the top. But we're gonna start at bottom, we're not really say bottom. Start from the beginning and full up, you understand? So it's like built, right, basically. And also the next one is something that's pretty interesting that I think is quite fucked up with a lot of people that I know up here too. It's like, people become, just check this out. You, 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 you stand out there and say, yo, yo, brother, yo, check out my mix CD, man. I say, okay, first of all, besides anything, everybody needs representation, you understand? Everybody needs representation in every farm. If you're trying to sell something, you're trying to do all that shit. True, true, it's like, as I was just saying, you know, motherfuckers come up to you about beats and, yo, check out my, my new mix CD. Yo, I work real hard on it, man. And I'll be like, yo, yeah, it's cool. That's cool, bro. You know, because I always pick it up. Wow, wicked, wicked. But imagine if you even got one of your friends who knows you, who knows your music, or even give my little smiles after. You know, say, yo, big up my things, man. Instead, I have to go out there, go big up my things. Nah, man, go out there, man. I have to go one represent you, man. Yo, check it out. Check out my brother's stuff, man. He's working real hard on it. Yo, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, this hot. You have a hype, man. You know what I'm saying? You always, listen, you always have to have a rep representative, right? Try to do it. If you can't, you can't. But try to have representation. That's my message, man. I got so many other ones, but, man try to get people on your side for that man it works bro it works people you know what i'm saying people need to represent you make you look higher you know that's what i'm saying the artist is supposed to be the artist you know management is management but that's when you got money to pay management costs money remember that ain't nobody in this game trying to give you shit without wanting something all right remember that too you don't know but the biggest, and I said it before, was remember, when one door is closed, many fucking malls open, man. All right. Next, Whitey Don talks about the resurgence in boom-bap hip-hop and what he was seeing or hearing in the industry. Since the autotune came in, you know, artists has been coming up more and more because they don't have to sound as good, but even a lot of them who sound good are using that as a sound because that's the sound. That's the next generation of shit. You got to keep up with your shit, man. So I don't hate on auto-tune. I use some of that shit myself. 
I don't really need auto-tune, I don't believe, you know. A couple of things I'm sure, sure might have helped out, but you know, most of it, yeah, I don't really need it, but I like that little sound for those things there. When it comes to the roots and them things, we don't really need them things because right now I try to bring the roots back to, I'm with a hip-hop and reggae all the way, but I'm also with the reggae all the way. I would not like guitar, some original rhythms from Channel One, you know, Studio One rhythms. I just license them and do my stuff on those. You know, that would be my favorite thing, you know. But I'm working with some great producers, and, and I got a ribbit that, you understand? Of the boost that, you know, too rude, thrust. Man, shit. My crew, my squad. My brother Dank, Frankie Dank. Dank we have bigger, you know what I'm saying? Big stretch. Saying my brother from the Riviera regime camp, clean them. You know, I mean, a lot of people here, you know what I'm saying? A lot of people bringing it up. Let's blaze it. What? Whitey, my next question to you was if you could just talk about some of the artists that you would like to work with. Artists I would like to work with? Well, I tell you, as I said before, foundation artists. Well, bring this thing up forward, you know. Of course, I would love to work with a lot of dancehall artists. DeMarco, okay, straight up, DeMarco. <laughs> Definitely, DeMarco. Remember, not just DeMarco, but there is a lot of people who are very talented in the studio as well, right? I want to big them all up. And there's a lot of great DJs, Assassin, Sasko, Busy, you know, even Bounty, of course. TJ, like all them have come up, you know, Alkaline, yo, I active, Ross, yo, I tell you, man, a lot of them artists where we have come up and chewed, them have the auto tune and them thing there. Me read the auto tune and I care about that thing up to the time, and we have to keep up to the time. There's a sound there that we have to keep up with. You understand? You want to you eat? You want to stay above? Don't sell out. Just utilize what is there, what everybody else is utilizing, right? There are so many artists I would love to do work with. Some of them have nothing to do with reggae, you understand? Some of them are like, like Frank Sinatra, if I, if I could have, I would have do to Frank Sinatra or Tony Bennett and do some reggae with him, you see me I say? But there's, there's rock bands, there's all sorts of different bands, jazz people. Yeah, I would have loved just make the fusion, you know. There's some great music out there. There are some incredibly brilliant minds out there. A lot of them, I don't call out their names yet. <laughs> But I would really like to see a fusion of some of the greatest minds to the point of credibility. So if it's reggae, it's going to be credible. If it's going to be hip-hop, it's going to be credible. If it's going to be whatever it is, it's going to be credible, right? So that I want hear it and say, okay, this man do all this stuff. But, you know, like Il Divo. Say I do something with Il Divo. Tarotted. Yo, I want Ross tune that with the NBA, you know. I want to make sure. You know, all them kind of, you know, just thinking all this stuff, the possibilities are endless. We can always make something nice, right? So, let me say, can't to call out that one, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> if anything, our original G's may talk, you know, for that. But anyway, bless up, highly, white it down, boom. Are there any tours planned in the future on your own or with Thrust and the squad? Well, there's no tours planned right now through Babylon and COVID and, you know, Massa. <laughs> yeah, 
on the way to us. We, we, we can't be free to do this stuff. We have to do all the online stuff. You see me, my technology is not too good. You understand? Man, I hold foot with it, you know. So, <laughs> I'm still trying to get it, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, we're going to work it out. We have certain things in the works, but, you know, we just want to get the shit recorded and get stuff moving, you know what I'm saying? I hold up things we are doing. I just want to focus, you understand? So, and that's what I do for now, you know. And trust, him don't know all the things that him, him don't know we do, because I trust a bridge, you know, bigger things in other works, and we never said nothing yet. So, anyway, enough things, you know. Keep it blessed, try to keep it on the forward, man. Keep alive, keep the family alive, you know what I'm saying? Straight, one. My next question was What big changes have you seen in the music industry, and what do you see in the immediate future for independent artists like yourself? Well, you don't know the changes in the business is big, man. That shit fucked up. That shit fucking turned to 180, man. A lot of people feel it, you know. Well, smart, smart. They got on that shit, figured the shit out, man, you know. So there's money to be made, but a lot less, man. Especially with this boat shit going on. No fucking touring, yeah. So, like how all the labels get buyout by the one big day. Whatever the fuck, I ain't gonna name nothing. Yeah, I'm keeping to some distribution, man, if anything. And also, there's a great new concept. Actually, it's not even a new concept, but it's a, a, a solid concept, and you'll be hearing about it. I'm just gonna plug it. Eric B. Music Group, straight up. Thrust, big it up. Don't know, right? We're bigging this shit up, man. Certain ways to do this, do it properly. Distro kid, up. Yo. So we're about to wrap up this interview, and I was just wondering if you can just go into how an independent artist can make it on their own. Any tips or wisdom for hip-hop artists just starting out? You know, what kind of things to be on the look for? Yeah, the best thing right now, as an independent artist, just know that it's all about independence, right? Right now, you need to get your stuff on. You know, there's people out there to help you, right? But it's not about signing your life away, right? You can have your cake and eat it too. As I was plugging before, I ain't just gonna plug. It's a great concept, brand new thing. Eric B, music group, bigging up my brother Thrust and the squad. Smash yo, some big stuff, man. You gotta try to, you're basically as good as your music, man. Keep your music coming, keep it good, and keep focused on it. Get that shit up before you start pushing it, right? Know what's out there too. That, that's the only thing I can say about all that. Anyway, write it down and say, yo, pot jerky, go out my bread chain. All right, so. Yeah, well, maybe asking about tips and shit. Well, I just say distribution is the key. Don't be signing your ass away. You know what I'm saying? Everything is a record now. You understand? Everything is a fucking song. Work upon the song and focus on do it good. And then tell you set it out, something of a blaze. You know what I'm saying? But... Like LPs and all that shit, signing your stuff away like that. Like, now nah, go work. Unless you're Michael Jackson, you somebody like whatever. You might get lucky, who knows? But signing your shit to labels, say, I ain't into that shit. Right now we got people. We got good people. Again, see EBMG, right? Eric B. Rakeem and Eric B. Paid in full, Eric B. Talking about getting paid in full. You know what I'm saying? Check it out, man. I'm bigger my brother thrusts and my people's danks in them. Real dankery. Yeah, better stretch. Who are the crew? Yeah, yeah, man.
bigger. But I'm saying, the way to go is distribution, man. Keep your shit, you know? Distro kid, there's distributors out there online and stuff. Get with it, you know? Go and figure that shit out. You know what I'm saying? For real. We got a last minute clip from Whitey Don that he wanted thrown in, so here you go. Yeah, well, you know, in coming up, I ran into Marvin Prince in 92, 93, where I met Snow, he introduced me to Snow, my good friend, and uh, things went from there with them. And after the thing with Marvin and Prince, he decided he was going to try some other things, and he decided he's going to see about me and him doing some stuff. And we and him did some stuff. He was a great promoter, you know. Got a lot of things going on. Um, we ended up going to drive together. And um, things never work out, basically. So Marvin did his thing. I did my thing. And uh, I kept going with my thing. And that was when I left Jamaica with Stephen Cleveland and went to Drive Records. In the mix, sorry, I'm going to say. While well, me and Marvin were signed to Jive, we were signed to Jamaica, and um, that forwarded to Jive after Jamaica. Anyways, yeah, and I just want to mention, you know, people I'm working with. Too Rude was the one who pushed it, that I came back in the business. But, I mean, I'm doing lots of work with other people, obviously, Thrust. And DJ Despair sent me some tracks. DJ Kimo sent me some tracks and still doing work with my brothers at DKO. Same, so. So, anyway, yeah, these are just the little things where we want to put in and, you know, should be in there, make sure that it was talked about, you know. One big up Patrick Bardos have slept on studio, same way, you know. So, basically, them things, they want enough respect, though, yeah? Anyway, one up, bless you, yeah? yeah. Our thanks again to Whitey Don for allowing us a little glimpse into his life. Very accommodating. He's very busy with his family life, his music. So we really appreciate all this. And we're going to be posting all his links on our website. You'll be seeing it in our show notes and our podcast. You can find us at Pod Jerky. And we'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe, share, rate, all that good stuff. All right. Have a good one. Master Impressive, out. Here we go now! Hey, that beat! Hot jerky. Hot jerky.